Hi, hi, hi. It is time to the math grind today. Welcome to After Class, the podcast with Miss Donovan, the Geometry Week 13 overview. Woo, woo. I'm going to go ahead and go over section 33-1, 2, and 3, the mathematician of the week, assessment number 11, I believe, overview. Uh, so that's a lot. Let's go ahead and get into the topics. We went through a lot of very interesting mathematicians of the week for the past few weeks. We're going to focus on the one for this week. His name was uh, Sukhumi Mori. He was born on February 23, 1951 in Naigoga, Japan. He attended Kyoko University for his BA in 1973 and his master's in 1975 and eventually his PhD in 1978. His thesis was named the endomorphism rings of some abelian varieties. He became an assistant lecturer at Kyoto, uh, Kyoto after he received his PhD and then moved to the University of Naigoa before returning to Kyoto to become a chairperson. He traveled to the U.S. to work with Harvard, Columbia, and the University of Utah for many years while he was a professor. He worked in algebraic geometry and received a Fields Medal in 1990 for his work in algebraic manifolds and was elected the president of the International Mathematics Union and was the first, one of the first Asian people to do it. I believe the first South Asian is what it said. And again, he won a Fields Medal, medal, which is a really big deal in mathematics. That is like Mathematician's Nobel Prize. So that's our Mathematician of the Week. Okay, so let's get into 33-1. There were two targets. We did this among two days. The first day we started off with the target, I can describe the relationship among the faces, edges, and vertices of a polyhedra. So remember, we did polyhedra and dispolyhedra and not polyhedra. So not polyhedra are things that are circular, so they're, they don't have polygon faces. So they're cones, spears, uh, cylinders. Polyhedra, again, are pyramids and prisms. They're going to have polygon faces. They're going to have edges, points, things like that. We then looked at the difference between prisms and pyramids and just like how we can identify them. So in a prism, all the faces are polygons. It has two congruent faces that are polygons contained in parallel planes. You're going to call those the bases. And it's going to uh, have all lateral faces that are rectangles. So the bases may not be rectangle, but the faces will be like the lateral faces. In a regular prism, all the, ba the bases will be congruent. So in non-regular prisms, they might not be. And then we talked about pyramids. So pyramids, it has one base and all of the lateral faces meet at one point. That point is called the vertex. The lateral faces are going to be rectangles, or not rectangles, triangles. But again, your base could also be a triangle. It just depends on the type of pyramid. You name pyramids and prism based on their base shape. So if you had a rectangle base, it could be a rectangle or rectangular prism or pyramid, depending on the shape. If it was like an octagon, it'd be like an octagonal pyramid or like an octagonal prism. And again, you're going to name them based on their shapes. Then we worked on identifying the shape uh, of the base, naming it the number of edges in the faces. So remember, the faces count the bases and the lateral faces. The edges are where two bases meet. And then the vertices are, again, where all the lines meet. And that's kind of all we did. Then we kind of talked about special and regular polyhedra. There are exactly five called platonic solids. Uh, but we don't need to necessarily go over that. We're going to go into day two of what we did. The target for that was I can describe the properties of cross-sections of pyramids and prisms. So first, we're going to talk about what a cross-section is. Remember, a cross-section of a solid figure is the intersection uh, 
is the intersection of that figure in a plane. So it's like we put a piece of paper through a solid. An intersection with the vertical plane is going to be perpendicular to the base, while a normal cross-section will just be parallel to the base. So it's like we are cutting our objects into pieces. Remember, uh, two-dimensional shapes that are cross-sections uh, that are parallel to the base are going to be congruent to the base in the same side, or same, or same shape. So if you have a, this specifically works for prisms. If you have a prism, it is parallel to the base. It is going to be the same size, same shape as the base. Uh, if it is a two-dimensional cross-section that is perpendicular to the base, it is going to be a rectangle. So prisms, the parallel to the base will be a will be the base's shape and size. Perpendicular to the base will be a rectangle no matter what the prism is. Then again, we talked about pyramids, and there's a couple ways we can cut pyramids. When you cut pyramids parallel to the base, you're going to get the shape of the base, but they're going to be similar. So they're not going to be as big because, again, remember the pyramid, it leads up to one point on the vertex. So it's going to get smaller and smaller and smaller as you go as you go up towards the vertex. But if you cut it straight through the vertex, you're going to get a triangle that is perpendicular. So again, if you cut it straight through the vertex perpendicular to the base, you'll get a triangle. If it's parallel to the base, it will be the shape of the base, just not the same size. And then if you cut it like halfway through it, you might get like a, a hexagon or a like tra uh, trapezoid. Again, you'll get another shape. You get triangles if it's directly through the vertex perpendicular to the base, and you're going to get the shape of the base if it is parallel to the base. And from there, we just really worked on different types of cross-sections and identifying them. So let's get into the next one. Now on to 33-2. We only did one day of this. The target was, I can describe the properties of cross-section of a cylinder and a cone. So again, we focused on two different shapes here. So the cylinder was our pool noodle. Remember, a cylinder is the set of all points in a space that are given distance radius from a line known as the axis. Bases are formed by the intersection of two parallel planes with, a, with the cylinder. If the axis is perpendicular to each of the uh, bases, the cylinder is called a right cylinder. So that's just saying if the axis creates two perpendicular angles, or perp if it is perpendicular to the two circles or the two bases, it is regular. We worked mostly with regular cylinders. Uh, the height of the cylinder is going to be how tall it is. The radius will be the radius of the circles of the circles that are the bases. And then there's also something called the axis, which is, again, just the perpendicular line connecting the two bases together. In this case, in most cases. Remember that if we want to describe the shape and the size of a cross section that is parallel to the base of a cylinder, it will be a circle that is congruent to the base. An oblique cylinder is a circle that isn't a right cylinder. So again, if it is parallel to the base, it will be a circle. If it is perpendicular to the base, it will be a rectangle. And that works for any cylinder. Then we went into pyramids. Not pyramids. We went into cones. So remember, a cone is the union of all segments in space that join the points of a circle. The point is called a vertex of the cone. That is not coplanar with a circle. I'd like to remind you, cones are like pyramids. Cylinders are like prisms, except circular. So they're going to work the same. If you cut parallel to the cone, you're going to get a circle. Uh, it's not going to be congruent to the base because it won't be the same size. It will be smaller, but it will be similar. If you cut vertically through the vertex, a uh, vertical to the to the base through the vertex, you're going to get a triangle. So cones work very similar to how pyramids worked and cylinders work very similar to how prisms work. Um, basically, from what we did there is we just went on and identified the different type of cross-sections you could use. We also did one problem involving the triangles uh, that the cones create when you cut a cone in half.
and that is section 33-2. The last section we did was 33-3. That one was a really quick one. It was uh, The target was I can describe the properties and cross-sections of a sphere, and I can identify three-dimensional objects uh, generated by rotation of two-dimensional objects. So really, we talked about spheres. That was kind of the important thing. A sphere is a set of all points in a space that are given distance uh, radius from a given point to center. So basically, what's going to happen is when you cut a sphere, no matter where, you're going to get circles. It just depends how big the circle is. So the cross-sections of a sphere... Whether perpendicular, parallel, there is no base. Just if you cut it, you're going to get a circle that is similar. So if you cut the circle in half, that's going to be the largest circle. That's where the largest diameter of the sphere will be. The intersection of a plane through the center of the sphere is known as the great circle because, again, it's the largest circle. So if you're trying to find the largest diameter in the whole sphere, you need to cut through that and find that cross section. Otherwise, those circles will be similar. They will just be smaller. Then we kind of talked about having like a line. Um, and then rotating a solid, a half a shape around to figure out which shapes that we would create. I'm not going to really get into this one specifically because you don't have any questions on your assessment like that. But again, it should be good to be able to recognize that. And that's 33-3. Okay, now on to the interesting part, the assessment number 11 overview. So there are four sections on assessment number 11. First section is 30-123. It's the last time you're seeing it. You're asked to find the area of a rectangle. You're given the equation and you're given both side lengths. 31-3, you're using area equals one half times perimeter times apothem. You're given the apothem and you're given the length of one side of an octagon. You need to multiply that side by eight, then multiply that by the apothem, and then multiply that by one half. Next section, 32-1 and 32-2, uh, you're going to be asked to find the circumference of a circle, and you're going to be asked to find the area of a shaded section, so make sure you do that. And the last one, our new section, 33, 1, 2, and 3, you're going to be asked to name a solid, and then you're going to be asked to describe um, the cross-section of a specific three-dimensional figure. And that is all that is on your assessment. It is just six questions. So... If you have any questions, let me know, but let's move on. And that is it for After Class, the podcast. We went over the mathematician of the week, sections 33, 1, 2, and 3, the assessment 11 overview, and that was it. If you have any questions, let me know. Stop by office hours or email me. But other than that, I'll see you in class. <laughs>